Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Some of the guests got to pick their own entry music, like Mariano Rivera, Enter the Sandman for the Yanks. For example, Nancy Mace, making her debut on this show at 840 out of South Carolina. She picked Hootie, because he's a South Carolina guy. Curtis always picks a good disco song. In fact, when Curtis filled in for me and did a great job on Friday, I think he played disco all morning, much to the chagrin of Lou Rufino. So here it is. Monday morning with Curtis Sliwa, Franz Jolie, come to me. Nice choice, Curtis. And by the way, she's from Montreal, Canada. Yeah. Again, 1979 when I started the Guardian Angels. You had Chic, yes. right, which was yes. like, whoa, it was blowing up. And Francois Jolie of Montreal, she was dominating. She dominating. was pretty. She was pretty, too. And it reminded me, there was disco ball over the weekend. I wasn't invited, by the way. I should have been invited. What do you mean disco ball? What's that? Oh, it's all the greatest uh, disco DJs of all time. Even uh, Vinny Madugno went. Wait, where was this? Oh, uh, they wouldn't tell me. Are you serious? I, I'm they all got together very, one night? Very upset. The greatest club promoter of all time, Vito Bruno, did not invite me. Are you serious? Oh, uh, yeah, look. Was your friend Ralphie there from uh, Space Odyssey? I, I have, yeah, he's probably there, right? The end. I mean, D'Agostino. Ralphie D'Agostino, what is Ralphie going on here. Is this I, a lie? I was not there. No. So no. you're telling me all the great disco DJs all of them. got together in some club? What was it? Look, they won't tell me. They won't tell you. Because they know I would have crashed the joint because I should have been there. Vinny Madugno, he's like, what? He, he was in junior high school when all of a sudden I was like, whoom, twirling it and whirling it at Pastels in 2001 Odyssey. But I chose Francois Jolie. That was dedicated to my wife, Nancy. We had our fifth wedding anniversary over the weekend. Oh, my God. Happy anniversary. Thank you. You know, I feel badly because you want every day now. And why you want every day? Because you're great. And the listeners love you. But I should be asking about Nancy. She hasn't felt well the last couple of weeks. How is she doing? Well, she had a biopsy last week. So we're waiting the results. It should come in Monday. And then she's going to the cardiologist, the stress test this week. She's been through the mill. Yeah. But, boy, she's been digging up stuff. Oh, I know. Today at 12 on the Rip and Read, I break more news about where the illegal aliens are being sent. And it's in Staten Island again. Good. Staten Island. Good. But, yes. you know, I found myself getting very verklempt 
when you were playing Chuck Todd's Goodbye. You felt bad, right? Oh, my God. I wanted to impale myself with this microphone. <laughs> on and on and on. We will survive without Chuck Todd. And I noticed that you were procrastinating, postponing, delaying, whatever word you want to use. Uh, you're talking about March Simone. You're talking about Chuck Todd. I'm saying, what, what do you, why aren't you and Noam Laden? And here he is, the man who said, oh, you mean that Chinese guy, yes. Justin Elliott. Yeah, he loves the Chinese people. And, of course, your board operator, yeah. who I've actually forgiven for putting the Malukia on me when he came over to the old WABC to take over the morning show. Sure. It was the precursor to that. Yeah. You have not apologized. To to your mother, Naomi. Do you know who I was with yesterday in the support, the Israel Day Parade? My mother, Naomi? No. Oh. There was the open Cadillac convertible. Is that right? And you know who was sitting there on 95th birthday? I don't know. Dr. Ruth. Oh, I love her. It was her 95th birthday yesterday. She still lives in Washington Heights. She listens to the show. No, she doesn't. She does. And she said to me, when is Sydney? that's how you know she listens, going to apologize to his mother? Swear to God. Swear to God. Oh, my no, God, that's no, no. funny. Swear to Hashem. That is so funny. You know, a lot of people, to be honest, got, like, really angry with me, which I, that means I know it was a great radio bit. It was not good. It was great. But they got really angry, like, your mother, I spoke to my mom, like, you five times. Her. You pranked her. No, no, that doesn't good. matter. The Sicilian mountain women yeah. with the mustaches yes. dressed in yes. black, going to St. Finbar's <laughs> yeah. in Ben Center every morning, lighting the candles, still sit, sitting, you know, doing shiver for their husbands. Well, they, I heard you say that my mother actually put the uh, the hex on me. No, not That's your mother. That's why I lost my, lost my voice. No, a Jewish mother will never do that to a son. Oh, so who did it? A son could be doing uh, 30 years for white-collar crime, right? I came close. In, in Allenwood, right? I came close, sure. Hey, uh, she'll forgive you. Yeah. It's the Sicilian mountain women, oh, the very women yeah. who probably followed you sometimes on the dates when all of a sudden you were dating an Italian, Does Supreme Cousinette, sure. who was Sicilian, and 50 yards away, there they were, dressed all in black with the mustache, I fornicating you, mad-dogging you. They put the curse on yeah. to St. Rocco. Now, you're not a Roman Catholic, but I got to tell you, I studied everything about the Roman Catholic faith. There's no such thing as a St. Rock. You know, it's funny you say that. So Friday morning, I get a, a, a ton of messages. Feel better, feel better. Love, Curtis, but need you back. So one of the, the texts I get is from my friend. He's one of the owners or partners in Joe and Joe Restaurant in Pearl River, which is a great Italian restaurant. His name happens to be Rocco. And Rocco goes to me, worked at Scores. Great guy. Great guy. Did he uh, shake down the hat check girls and sure the valet parkers sure for Cotty sure Jr. Them all, of course. And the Gambinos. Yeah. So he says to me, um, went to jail for five years. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, I love you. I miss it. And then about 20 minutes later, he says, will you tell this jerk off? I know what he's talking about, about St. Rocco. So now that you brought that up, he was clearly talking about you. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sicilian saint. You go down. Uh, to the feast right down on Mulberry Street, San Gennaro. And they got the big shrine of St. Rocco. And I say to these wise guys, I say, I never heard of a St. Rocco. What are you talking? Oh, he's a Sicilian saint, right? You got to donate money. I don't have to donate Ugats. I don't have to donate Bupkis. What are you talking about? So your friend Rocco there, right? Hey, Rocco, you want to come shoot me, huh? You want to finish the job for the Gattis and Gambinos? Come on, don't, don't tell me scores. 
shaking down hat check girls and valet parkers. Goomba Johnny was at WKTU, love the him. Italian Stallion. Yeah, he him. went down because of that. Hey, yeah. come on. I got I got scores to settle here. It's talking about scores. So it's funny you mentioned Dr. Ruth a couple of weeks ago when A.J. Katsimatidis, love her too, did the book signing for her father. You were there that night. I met Dr. Judy. And yes, I never, yes I, she came second in line. Yes. The never, sexologist. First time I met her. And she said, you know, so I mentioned Dr. Ruth. And she said, you know, Sydney. She listens to the show, too. Both yes. of them. Dr. Yes, Ruth. absolutely. All these horny old women love it. They, they don't doubt they about love it. it. They, yeah. they tell you, please, put on the Jimmy cap, the condom. <laughs> put on the condom. So Judy goes, you know what they said about me and Dr. Ruth? She said, Dr. Ruth looks like she hasn't had sex in 20 years. Dr. Judy looks like she hasn't had sex in 20 minutes. Ooh, what a dish. <laughs> yeah. well, ooh, ooh, like, but I love them both. Like two scorpions in a brandy Oh, this glass. is a cat bite here. Ooh. Ruth and Judy. But you didn't apologize no, to not, your not mother, to. Naomi. No, not going to happen. Look, Brilliant Dr. Radio. Ruth, if Dr. Ruth could pick that up at the age of 95. And are, you support, are you being honest? I am totally being honest. I walked over to the open convertible. It stopped because, you know, all the big markers are up yeah. front. Well, I did that a couple of years ago with Josh and right. uh, Hesh you, you were legit. I'm yeah. looking at, at the faces in the crowd. I'm saying, what are you t- You're no supporter of the state of Israel. They're, they're flying the Israeli flag. Hey, Israel, Israel. And they're dancing. And, you know, these elected officials who, like, if it was opportune for them to be anti-Semites, they'd be anti-Semites in a heartbeat. So then I go over there. We exchange uh, salutations and greetings. She said, what is wrong with Sydney? That's, That's awesome. how you know she listens. Wow, Sydney, yeah. yeah. You would not apologize to Naomi, no, no. your mother. But I will apologize to Dr. Ruth if she was offended because I love her. I'm a big fan. By the way, was there any violence at this parade yesterday? No the protesters? No, nah, well, they're always there. You okay. know, they uh, yeah. sit them there, that one sect. You know, they hate Jews. They hate themselves. They're weird, yeah. They would yeah. take a menorah and impale themselves in the middle of Fifth <laughs> Avenue. They so desperately want to have worship oh, Yasser Arafat and the Palestinian Liberation Organization. You know, anything to destroy the state of Israel. Because they get paid by the Ayatollah Khomeini's. The Ayatollah, they are traditors. They are Judases. But I will tell you this, Sydney: You must treat your throat, your yes, voice, yes. like a Steinway piano. True. Now, Steinway is no longer open on 57th. Like everything else here, they're gone. Oh, they don't they make gone. the pianos anymore? Well, they, have the, they have the factory in Astoria. But they used to have the showroom. You go in there and you would watch the technicians. They would take like an hour to tune a piano. You got to be careful. The voice is everything. And you really put yourself through the meat grinder. And I was in contact with you. I had my Felix the Cat. I, I will say this. Out of everybody in my life, including my mother and, and my uh, immediate family, nobody texted me more all weekend long. I mean this. Than you. I mean, three or four times a day, you got Dr. Kessler to call me. Yes. You legitimately were a great friend this weekend. Because so without you. the Voice, we're nothing. It's like Caruso. It's like, uh, who, who are we promoting that's uh, coming over for the Christmas special at Madison Square Garden? Oh, Andrea Bocelli. That's right. Yes. Even though he's blind, if all of a sudden the voice went, nobody would show up. Right. So Dr. Kessler told me a story a long time ago when they could do it. Uh, Mariah Carey, diva of all divas, would come in. Oh, Madonna. They got 18,000 at the garden that night, and they've been partying to the break of dawn, hanging from the chandeliers, having sex with every, uh, everybody around, you know, polyamorous. Were you there? 
Uh, no, they wouldn't let me in. Right. I was BQE, remember. Vinny Madunio was there. Right, right. <laughs> Studio 54, they wouldn't let me in. Right. Uh, I was BQE. But anyway, he would say that we come in, no voice. They're ready to cancel the show. You know, everybody loses in that. And he would reach for the secret formula. He would have a glass vat, and in it would be this liquid with cotton that had been immersed in it. And then he would jam it down their nose. Now, he said it was the most uncomfortable feeling for 20 minutes. They would be gagging. They would be choking. And he would say, this will return your voice within 20 minutes. And you know what it was? It was liquid cocaine. The cocaine would seep itself through the nasal cavities, get to your voice box, because the reason you lose your voice is that the mucus surrounds it. It, like, coats it hermetically. So the voice box is not going up and down the way it should. Like people clapping for you, it's like the silent clap, you know, that they have now. And then all of a sudden, boom, 20 minutes, your voice returned. And then all of a sudden, he said, the FDA started visiting every voice and throat doctor in town and said, if you use those remedies... You're going to jail. Wow. J-A-I-L. Liquid cocaine. Cocaine has been used for years. Look, Listen, I know when I used to do it, I would get this unbelievable drip when you do cocaine. You know that. And everything, it would clear your passageways. That was, I guess, one of the, sit, sit. One you of got, the you, you got ask good you, cocaine Your events. mom, Naomi, yeah. she never sent you to the luncheonette or the candy store when you had strep throat which my mother did, Francesca. Mom, I don't want to go to the candy store because I knew it was the Coca-Cola syrup, the pure syrup, which had Coke in it, cocaine. Yes, cocaine, yeah. And that would eliminate the strep throat. If I had a strep throat, I could milk it for a week or two and stay home. Right. The moment you took a te- teaspoon of that pure Coca-Cola syrup that at the luncheonette, yeah. they would mix with the spritz, you know, the sure. seltzer, sure. and make good old-fashioned Coca-Cola. Boom, immediately the strep throat so would let me go get away. This. So I go Thursday night. To visit my friend Bobby Hartman. Good. You did a good thing. Thank you. Mainstream House, River, uh, what is it called? Riverhead. Yes, Long Island. And I speak to about a hundred or so brothers and sisters. What a, what a double mensch. What a double mensch you are. But you're telling me that just four days after that, and speaking to these people about hope, that I should go back to doing cocaine to fix my voice. No doubt about it. All right. You're the voice. You're the voice. Look, you might have a relapse. Now you know where you can go, Riverhead, where if you take the North Fork, you go to Montauk. If you take the South Fork, it's to the Hamptons. And by by the way, let me remind you, remember, May 16th, I announced right here on your show, the most listened-to show in the tri-state area. I'm even going to say the United States. Michael Harrison should have given you the analytics because he's got them for Talkers Magazine. And I announced that Yvette Aguirre, the supervisor in Riverhead, had had a conversation with me when I had warned you did. everybody that the illegals were coming. By they- the way, she was supposed to come last Thursday night. She was invited. She said yes. At the last second, she canceled. But she was going to well, be Well, let's face it. She knew that you were, like, uh, you were radiating something. <laughs> she didn't know. You know, they wanted. They, they thought you might have Ebola, flesh-eating virus. <laughs> Who knew? You know, with all the places you've been in your life, you could easily have had that kind of contagion. Easy. Easy. But anyway, she took a very brave move, and she announced an executive order banning the illegals. Oh, they called it a racist, a xenophobe. She's the daughter of, of Hispanic immigrants. Right. And- 
she stood her ground, and then Steve Ballone, the county executive, who was calling me a xenophobe and a racist, and he hates Hispanic people. Steve Ballone, what do you have, Hispanic people cutting your lawn? What are they going into the basement, mucking out your basement, and all of a sudden they're going in with those heavy-duty toilet plungers from all the flotsam and jetsam you're listening, listening into the... the the, the Porcelain Palace. Well, let me tell you something. Last Friday, Steve Ballone finally had to issue an executive order banning illegal aliens from your friend, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who was running around to the Roosevelt Hotel, to the jail in Harlem, where the pipes were bursting. You could have sent your crew out there that's fixing your house in Bell Harbor because you wouldn't listen to the Irish in, in the Irish Riviera who told you, Sid, run the water. The temperature just dropped 50 degrees. And you know what Eric Adams was doing? He was giving out heavy-duty toilet plungers from Home Depot to people who can't even speak English. They're saying, what the hell? We never had a toilet in Venezuela. We never had a toilet in El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras. What is this thing? And Eric Adams says, we need to hire plumbers to teach these people how to flush a toilet. This is your friend. He is promoting the illegal invasion, putting them up in hotels. The pipes are bursting. The toilets are overflowing. And the best he can do with our tax dollars is buy heavy-duty toilet plungers from Home Depot. He probably autographed each and every one of them and said, when you vote next year, remember, Eric Adams for re-election. Send your pesos, please, or any money that they pay you under the table, because you are going to be obligated to me and Joe Biden until the end of time.